Money, 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 money. This week on the Derek's Live, we're talking about your money, keeping it together to stay together. Let's go. What's going on, guys? I'm your host, Sean, here with my beautiful wife and lovely co-host, Emily. Emily, how are you doing tonight, sweetheart? I'm good. It's been quite it's, the adventure. It's been several adventures. We've been gone for uh, a week, two weeks. I don't know how long. It feels it's, like forever. It's been a week, but... It, it feels like forever. We, well, we recorded an episode a little bit early. And so, and, But here we are. We're here. And uh, we've had lots of uh, really exciting stuff. Uh, between then and now, we uh, we took some very last minute impromptu vacations, plural. Yeah, multiple. <laughs> <laughs> so one of our gifts to our our littles this year was we took them to go camping and see the Christmas lights at a little um, park not too far from where we live. And one adventure turned into three adventures. And yeah. well, I have an awesome friend who got us a. Uh, a couple passes and an Airbnb gift card to go see uh, the ARC experience in Kentucky. So we took off and did that right after we got back from camping. And after driving 12 hours to, straight <laughs> to Kentucky, we were like, yeah, we're not doing that well, on the way home. And it was three kids and two yeah. dogs in a, in a minivan. And we have two large dogs. We have a, a great Pyrenees mix and a golden retriever. So both of them, 60 pounds and a hundred pounds yep. plus three toddlers, 12 hours in a car was so we, a lot. We stopped in Chattanooga. It's been a couple of days in Chattanooga on the way home. And that uh, two was days, really fun. A day and a half and had a great time and uh, squeezed a lot into a little bit while we were there yeah. and uh, came home today and excited to get a, an episode out to you guys tonight. So yeah. we're going to to drop this one in the morning and so we've we kind of took a break with the christmas episode from our marriage series um we've been talking about some keys to your marriage and the the pillars to a successful marriage and so we're diving back into this one this week and uh, we're going back in with the money discussion this is a big one this is and this was something that we started off really early on in our relationship like we were still dating like like maybe two and a half three weeks in we had this conversation so and, and as a reminder, if you're just joining us on this episode, we got married or we got married really young. We were 19 and 20, um, but we got engaged in about a, a month, five weeks Yeah, <laughs> from our first date to our engagement. Five pretty early in. We, uh, so, we just knew that it was what was happening and we were going to spend the rest of our life together. So, so And it was really interesting because we had a lot of these hard conversations mm-hmm. really from the beginning. Um because I think we knew like this was that you are my person and we, I think you might've had some doubts. I think by the time I said, yes, I was, <laughs> I was fully committed. Um, but we did, we had some really hard conversation, yeah. real conversations, which I think is a little profound for a 19 and well, and I guess at that time we were even a little bit yeah, younger, a little younger because we, so, I mean, we were, we were engaged for almost a little over a year, right? Right at a year. Um, and so, 
That was a little, well, I guess it was right out of here. Yeah. Wow. Um, where was I going with that? So, but I mean, we had some, some honest conversations with one another. So uh, this is kind of a hard and touchy subject, but one of the things that we kind of figured out was what we didn't want. Um, so both of us kind of growing up, we had kind of a hard experience watching our parents struggle with money and then watching the relationship struggle with money. Yeah. I mean, I think we both knew what we didn't want to be. Yeah. We didn't really have great examples, um, for, for parents in this aspect. And we had group, our parents were great examples in other aspects. I don't, I don't want that to come out wrong. Um, I have a, a a mother and father who love me in their own rights and did the best that they could, I think, and not blind to that. But I think in the other regards, um, there was a lot of generational things in our family and marriage and finances that were, were there. And, you know, we just had these examples that like, listen, we know that we want the cycle to end with us yeah. and how do we fix it? Well, and I think we take for granted like everything at our fingertips now. Yeah. Our parents didn't have the resources that we they, do. They really didn't. So, and you know, we have research upon research upon research mm-hmm. literally at our fingertips in our pockets at all times. If we have a question, we can just look up the answer. That's just not something that they had access to. So I think they did the best they could with what they had. Absolutely. But we, I watched my parents struggle financially, but I also watched even when they weren't financially tight, it was a constant battle and a constant fight over money. And it was something that was always kind of this, um, vibration through the house. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Very much so. And so like, I, I remember like my mom, um, she, she never got remarried after her and my father divorced. Um, if, if you don't know my, my dad ended up in prison, he's on death row in Florida, um, for murder. And so they, uh, they got divorced pretty early in their marriage didn't have a very long marriage. Um, and then she met my brother's dad um, and they dated for almost 10 years, I yeah. think. And then they separated and she was in um, another long-term committed relationship, but never married. And so she always had, there was always separate accounts because they never really com- committed to one another, I suppose. Um, and they always fought over money. Mm-hmm. Was always, who's paying this bill and who's paying that bill? And money was always a point of contention in our house. And I never wanted that to have to be a thing. Yeah. Like it was important to, to me, I think to, to never have to have that argument. I think there's enough stuff to fight about. That right. We can at it's least eliminate kind of, that's one the damn thing. truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and it was kind of the same for, for me, you know, again, so like recapping a little bit of my story, my parents divorced when I was in elementary school, remarried each other and then got divorced several years later after that. So they divorced each other twice. Um, and, there were times that it was really tight and there were times that there was a lot of extra Mm -hmm. and it didn't matter. Like fighting about money was still a thing. And one of the the themes that I caught on to very early on was it was his and hers. It was, we have our money in this account. I have my money in my account and you have a little bit of money in your account. And it was very much like mine is mine and yours is yours. And we'll figure out this, the stuff in the middle when we need to. And I think from the very beginning, we decided that it wasn't mine and yours. It was ours. Yeah, it was ours. And that was like, 
it was even before we got married. It was yeah. actually the week that we got engaged. Gaged, I think yep, we did. We we went and got a joint account. So we didn't have the same last name. No. So we went to the bank and like put joint accounts on everything, yeah. and everything from that, from that from moment that, from that moment on, it's been ours. Yeah. There's never been a like a difference. It's just been, hey, this is our money, and this is our story, our life together, and we're going to make it together. And so that was, and it was something that was pretty non-negotiable. Yeah. You know, it was like, Hey, listen, if this is, if this is what we're doing and this is where we're going, we're doing it this way. Um, and I think we both jumped in head first into that. Yeah. Well, and I think there was this kind of interesting and kind of cool thing that we had this idea that if we're really in this together, then we can do more together than we can apart. Absolutely. So if we combine everything, including our finances, how much more can we accomplish together? Mm-hmm. If we're not having to bicker over mine and yours, it's ours and we're going to accomplish everything and tackle everything as a couple. Yeah. And I will say, I think it was probably a little bit of an easier decision for us because we were both contributing at that point. I mean, we both were fairly equal in what we made and what we we brought home at that point in our life. We were very young and early in our careers and we were both making a couple hundred bucks a week. It wasn't anything. And we worked at the same place. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I mean, as we met at work. (laughs) So, um, it, it was, it was interesting because that was, it was just the natural thing for us to do. And I think what we see sometimes is is couples who are are more worried about the proportionalness right. of things. I contribute seventy five percent, and you only have twenty five percent. So why should we split it fifty fifty? But marriage is a hundred percent, and so like I never understood that ideology that you're not going to have as much as me because you don't contribute as much as me. Yeah, there's been times in our marriage sense that one of us has made more than the other or and I'm I'm super blessed that I I'm able to go out and and Emily stays home and she's able to to be the head of our household in a lot of regards in in that way um but it doesn't mean she doesn't contribute it's just not (laughs) the same way there's not a dollar sign attached to my name (laughs) I wouldn't trade her there's not a price tag you could put on that for me to stay home. Um, and I, you know, but, but there's been times that have been vice versa. I mean, when I went into full-time ministry, I walked away from a, from a good job, good good, good job and career. And she supported us a hundred percent because when, when I stepped into ministry to, to start the church paid me nothing. Um, and then I only got a hundred bucks a week for over, for, for a long time. Um, and so Emily was like, she was the breadwinner for a long time in our marriage and, but she was able to carry that and we made it work, but there's, there was never a point that it was, Oh no, you, that's, that's my money right. or that's your money. It's never, ever been a discussion for us. Not one time. No. So, and it's, it's interesting because we talk about, we have the world at our fingertips. Now we didn't know all of this. 20 years or 15 years ago when we started all of this, right? Yeah, I mean. And we just like, we knew what didn't work. We knew what we didn't want. So we did the opposite. Yeah. But it's really interesting because we've kind of gone back and done the research on the front end or the back end of this. And the research is actually. The statistics are overwhelming. It's kind of insane that if if couples pull their money, and this is a APA study, so this is the American Psychological Association, that if they pull their money, they're less likely to have marital issues. 
and they're less likely to get divorced. And it's even more overwhelming if you are on the lower income. So if you make less money yeah, so and you still pull, it's the it actually is more beneficial to pull your money than if you are more financially stable. I think that I mean it's it, if you're a numbers person, you, you go go and look at some of the studies. We'll yeah. we'll link those in the um, episode description. But it's it's really quite astonishing how much. I mean, it's one of the leading causes of divorce. Is yeah. is is money couples the number one reason married people fight Fight. so (laughs) despite what you know all those people that argue about what's for dinner think this is the real like number one reason that that married people fight and it's it's the underlying thing like well we don't have the money to do that and it's it's your fault or it's my fault and you didn't do this and it it really is just like this underlying theme that kind of touches all these other subjects. Well, we can't do that for the kids because of the money. We can't do this for the car because of the money. And so it touches all of these these different pieces yeah. of a marriage. And it it really can just kind of shatter the foundation. So when we say these are our pillars, it really is foundational. We're trying to build up from the really from the ground up. So it, you know, we talked about roles a little bit, but one of the things that we really did quite successfully, I think, from the very beginning is we, is we talked about it. What does this look like? Um, we had a lot of debt. <laughs> we weren't, you know. Yeah, I mean, we made some mistakes makes, with yeah. money. And we were young. With debt early on in our marriage. Um, I thought I had landed a pretty cool job and I went out and spent money that we shouldn't have spent. And uh, we, we made we made some mistakes. Um, we, we haven't been perfect, and we still yeah. make mistakes. Um, but I think having the the conversation and the discussion around it is like, I think that's where you were going with that. I'm well, sorry. Yeah, if I no, that's exactly. That. Uh, well, we've. It's interesting because our ideology ideology has changed quite a bit over the years. We first started off with you know, how do we get out of debt? And so we've, we've studied a couple of those, you know, people that won't be named. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll name them. Dave Ramsey. I mean, there's not any, any hiding it. I mean, we, we got into Dave Ramsey and listen, Dave Ramsey has a phenomenal program yeah. um, to help you get out of debt. But much beyond that, I'm a, we're believers that his financial advice is not sound advice. Um, I, I think that, if you, there's there's a lot of ways to leverage debt to make money, and there is a such thing as good debt, but we won't get too far into no, that discussion. I don't I, think that's what this, this is about. Yeah, this isn't what it's about. But it it helped us, I think, early on because we were still early in our marriage. It was really before we had children, mm-hmm. and it helped us kind of have those open conversations that were hard to have because talking about money is not comfortable, especially if you come from a background where you grew up and arguing about money was an issue in your house. So it allowed us to kind of sit down and like, okay, here is the money. (laughs) Here is the debt. (laughs) This is how much money we have. How do we get rid of all the debt? And that was a real hard conversation, but it was a really needed conversation and seeing it on paper together, I think allowed us to tackle it really like 
really strong and head on. Yeah, I, th- I think that that is one thing that the Dave Ramsey um, program did do for us, or Financial Peace University. It really forced you to have those conversations yeah. that we really hadn't had before. Um, and I think that's a big part of this is a lot of couples don't take the time to to have a discussion about it and be open about it. Yeah. Um, you find that one couple is probably the predominant or one person in the couple is predominantly who handles most of the financial things for us. That's me. Um, I pay, you know, all of the bills like as far as like operating that task, logging in and paying them and and facilitating that and, and handling all that stuff. And Emily tends to stay kind of separated from it for the most part outside of our discussions yeah. where it's like a, a check-in like hey this is where we're at this is what's going on and but I, I try to keep you pretty up to date and if you ask I, yeah there's not secrets like no. it's not like oh I went and spent a thousand dollars and didn't tell you kind of thing like we have multiple conversations like okay can we afford this is this a smart mm-hmm. decision and it's not just like can we afford it is this the best way to use this money yeah. is there another way we could leverage this money to make more money so that we could afford that later on very much like what's the best option for this situation for right now and this season and that's been one of our strengths i think that we have those conversations and how do we make the most of what we have mm-hmm. and how do we leverage it to help our family and then our legacy and then those around us. And we've been pretty purposeful to have those conversations on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think it's been, it's been really interesting to see um, more go further when you're more purposeful with it. Yeah. Um, and so like, I know like just this, this weekend with this trip that we just took, like we did that for almost nothing yeah. in the grand scheme of things. And we were gone for 10 days on and off. Um, and we had a great time yeah. and we really didn't spend very much money on that trip. And part of it was because we had an awesome friend that, that blesses us with, with a trip. So thank you, Alex, for what, what you did there. It was phenomenal, man. Um, super, super surprised by that. We're good friends. Good friends. Um, but we also took advantage of things that we have. So like bonus tip, we are members of several like science programs and mm-hmm. national park programs. And so we sign up for that as an annual pass thing. And then we use those passes year round, not just in our state, but anywhere we go, we look and see like, is there, is there anything in our network that either we get a discount at or we get in for free? And there were like, we were in two other states that actually participated in our science program. And we were able to go to see one of the museums that's Mm -hmm. part of our network and let our children go and explore this really cool science center that was part of our network that's included in our science pass. So it's, it's using things like that and using wisdom as part of the things that we, we do so that we, we stretch everything that we do have so that that science pass actually gave us more than we needed. Yeah. But I I think it's the core of the conversation is that when you're, you're when your finances are in one basket, yeah. It's it's like, hey, this isn't such a big deal. Yeah. Right? Like it's ours. Let's just let's do for our kids and do for our family and for our house and for our legacy. It's it's ours. Everything is ours. So what's the point in and not having it ours? Right. There's it's not his and hers. So and and I can honestly say, you know, if you you talked about the finances are, are the number one thing that couples argue about. I don't think we've ever had a knockdown drag out about 
money. money. No. We've disagreed on some things and had some like conversations about money, but I don't think we've ever really fought no. about money. Well, and even those conversations, they end usually yeah. in a mutual like, okay, that makes it's, sense. It's I more of a like, hey, let's discuss why that's a bad idea right. or why I really think this is a good idea or... You know, it's, it's not like a, oh my God, I can't believe or yeah like there's not been. But again, like it's, it's intentional. Yeah. We go into it with the, the idea that I don't know that this is necessarily the, the greatest idea to spend this money on. Let's have a conversation mm-hmm. about that. And we're open to whatever the conclusion of that conversation is. And so part of it, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our communication episode, which is coming up, but going into the conversation about money, like. I don't necessarily know the right answer. I know that whatever decision we come to mutually is the right decision for us. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stick to it, whether it works or it doesn't, we're going to hold to it and we're going to make it work. And your answer would be different than ours. It's very right. personal. So, I mean, we're not trying to give it money advice as far as like your financial, like we are not financial advisors. <laughs> um, but I think there's, there's something to be said about the peace that comes when you make the decision that it's, it's our money. Yeah that there isn't a separation there, that the, the, the value took is an all in vow. It's not like a, Hey, just this part. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's a commitment and I don't, I've never ever understood the separation even like I don't know. I just, and, and look, I'm not like saying, like, I don't want to f- attack you and, and try to make you feel like you're doing something unbiblical or wrong. I don't have any biblical basis for it. Like that's not, it's, this is all opinion and what has really, really worked well for us and what we've seen not work so well for other pe- other people. Like, well, and statistically this, yeah. this data really does work in the long like in the realm of things in marriage, Mm -hmm. this is really one of the foundational things. Again, we are not financial advisors. We have not figured everything out. We just know that this works for us. And statistically this works for the majority Mm -hmm. of people. And if, if it works, we want to expose you guys, all of our listeners out there to the things that work. And if this is an area that you're struggling with, allow this to be the catapult, the catalyst that kind of pushes you, okay, we can fix this. This is not the end all be all of this fight. We can Mm -hmm. change whatever's the, whatever the problem is. And if money is one of the things that you fight about, maybe this is a good place to start and change it and shift it so that it's not the fight that keeps going. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you've got to have a a dialogue that starts somewhere, right? right? You know? And so if you have that discussion, if money is a point of contention for you and your spouse, start the discussion like, Hey, I'm tired of fighting about this. What can we do not to fight about this? And maybe that's the solution for you guys. If it's not what you're doing already. Um, I think that, you know, that, that point you made about our communication has been a huge part of it. And we're, I can't wait to dive into that in a future episode. We've got that coming up, but you know, I think that one of the things that we both were, were both important to us, is I think that we were both in our points in our childhood had, had portions of our childhood, not the whole part, but there were certainly portions that we lacked in our childhood. And I think it was important for us that we didn't, um, 
but our kids didn't ever want for anything, but they, they, they weren't spoiled in the same right. Yes. And I think that that money conversation was a big part of that early on when we talked about what we wanted for our family if we were going to get married. And it's kind of been a, a recurring theme again. So we started with adult, oh, not adult, young adult. They were teenagers, preteens and teenagers when we adopted our big kids. And then we started over. And so we've got littles nice. in the house who are. The Derek's 2.0. Yeah. We have three under seven at this point. Um, and it, it's kind of been like, okay, how does this work for teenagers? How does this work for young adults? How does this work for toddlers? Um, and we did it backwards. And it, it's kind of been an interesting like twist on it because we saw what worked and what didn't work with our teenagers and big kids. And it's kind of really shaped how we're raising our little kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, we want our children to be grateful for what they have and value the things that they have. Um, And we don't want them to go without, but we want them to understand that everything comes at a price and they're not owed anything. Like they are the only thing that they are owed is a safe place and our love and affection. Like that's what they're owed yeah. because they are our children. They are they our are, responsibility. They are entitled to those two things. And we give that in abundance. But we also give responsibility and discipline. And that is part of living in our home. And so we've had multiple conversations and we've had lots of other people with their input because we live in a world and in a culture that is very much like, Oh no, your children need X, Y, Z. They need the newest cell phone. They need the best Nikes. They need this, they need that. And we're just going to give them an allowance because they're here. And that's just kind of something that we've decided for our home doesn't really work. We do chores in our house and we don't get paid to do chores. Mommy does the laundry and the cooking and the cleaning and I don't get necessarily paid an allowance to do those things. That's just part of living in a home. And so we're raising our children to want to contribute and contribute in our home and not get paid for it. Like that's not an allowance that we believe in our house. Yeah, well, I I think what what we really strive for is to kill that sense of entitlement. Yes. They're owed these things just because Susie down the street has it or or Tommy that they go to school with has it, right? Um, I I think that we, we in our own right love spoiling our children in our own way, right? And so I don't want, I don't want us to like, deceive you in the fact that like our kids have stuff yeah right come to our house (laughs) there's lots of stuff there's a ropes course (laughs) and and so we we spoil our children and we we enjoy i I think one of one of my one of my love languages is gift giving and and so i i love to give my kids gift and to do for them and to, to give them the things that i didn't have but I think that so, sometimes there's an unhealthiness to that too, that we're trying to learn how to balance. Yes. Um, but the, the idea or the notion um, that, that, oh, I get allowance or I get money just because I want it is not something that's ever flown in our house. It's like, hey, listen, every, everybody contributes. We all have a role to play here. We all, we all play our part and contribute in our own way. Mm-hmm. And we've taken this ideology with our children that, that like, hey, when when we're in a store and one of the girls says, oh, I really, daddy, can I have that? I want that. Well, yeah, absolutely. You can get that. How are you going to earn it? 
what what do you think you can do around the house maybe to, to earn some money to get that and it's above and beyond how they yeah, already contribute in addition to their normal things that they do and like we're not we're not slave driving right. our kids yeah, they, like, it's, they help with their own laundry and they help yeah, with the dishes you know, it's, <laughs> and even even when we give them tasks to earn money it's not like some over the top thing that i you know what i mean it's really more about the principle of them gaining the, the the value and the understanding that hey if i want something i can earn it well and it's that delayed gratitude mm-hmm. thing that i don't have to have it right now if i really yeah. really really want this then i can work for it and i'll remember that i still want it in a week well and i can promise you I, and i can tell you i've seen the the things that daddy just spoils them with versus the things that they go out and earn they get oh, treated yeah. very differently yes, they right do. they're they're much more precious to them when they've earned them and they've got some equity in it to 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 have that thing um and so it, it and it's like it's stupid stuff guys like like hey um everybody go out and fill up um a bucket full of sticks in the yard and you can get $20 right um it's it's not over the top stuff it's really simply just about gaining the ethic and the the moral of work and and helping them understand that listen I can get it. Like I just have to have good character and good work ethic. I've got to go get it. It's not just going to come to me. Um, and if you can get your kids to understand that, man, the world will be a whole better place if we could just all do that. Yeah. Well, and it, it's age appropriate. So as they age and they grow up a little bit, the chores. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are, you know, the extra stuff that they do to earn money will change to meet where they're at. It, yeah. The, the teenage boys, they, they get a little bit harder task than yeah. your four year old daughter. I mean, those are not the same thing. Right. right. Um, but the payoff's a little bit better too. Exactly. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's just about building character. Um, and we do that in ourselves too. And, yeah. and you know, we're, if, if we want something, sometimes we'll be like, well, hey, what a, what's some extra stuff we can figure out? Maybe sell something we got around here? or Yeah, is know? there something we don't need? Yeah. Or is there something of value that's sitting on a shelf that you know we're not using that could benefit somebody else? And then we have the extra. And, and again, it's that delayed gratification. We don't need it right the second. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something else that will work just as well that's already in our home or that we can buy used or secondhand that will do just as well than a new thing. And it it's taking the time to kind of do the research on the back end and not just buy it because we want it right this second. So, but with all of that said, we want to encourage you in, in these moments, because we know that marriage is hard and we know that all of these things that we're talking about, these, these pillars that we have built our marriage on are the things that really do stand the test of time. We looked at the stats, we've looked at the research, we've talked to other couples, and these few things are really the things that are the recurring theme in all of these long-lasting marriages. And so if you are in this place where money is the fight, if it touches on all of the other subjects, start the start the conversation. Take the time to be purposeful about having at least to talk this week, where are we at? What are we doing? What can we do different? How can we do something this month to positively affect our finances? And then set a goal for the year. It doesn't have to be astronomical, but maybe the goal is just to have a a conversation every week 
or every paycheck or every payday. Well, I think maybe for, for some of you guys, that's probably a new idea is having money goals, right? But I think that's something that like we sit down regularly and talk about like, hey, we're what's our next notch? What's our next target yeah. to get to um, financially and investment wise? And what, what is our next money project that we're trying to to, to turn into an income producer. Um, having those conversations is important. Listen, if, if you're not happy where you're at financially, nothing's going to change until you go into action about it. And you can't go into action without a plan. Yeah. So sit down with your spouse and have that conversation. Like, hey, I'm not happy with where we're at financially. Are you? And if they are, well, maybe that's a, that's a different conversation, right? Yeah. Get on the same page. If, if you're fighting about money and it's a reoccurring argument, ask your spouse, hey, I'm, I'm tired of fighting about money. Aren't you? And if they aren't, maybe that's a different conversation. You know, but you, you need to figure out what your fight is about. Right. Because maybe it's not about money. Maybe it's just the easy thing to, to talk about. It's the easy fight to blame it on or the easy thing to blame it on, you know. Um, but get on the same page and then start having some conversations about how you can fix it. And, and knowing where you're going together in which direction you're moving in is a big part of that. Well, and I think that that's one of our things is we share our goals that yeah. where we are is a mutual decision and where we're going is a mutual decision. And we talk about that frequently that we know where we're at and we know where we want to be. And we're talking about the steps that we think are going to be how to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. And so it's a constant us thing to talk about, okay, what do we need to do next? How do we do that? What do we need to do to accomplish that? And when one of us kind of strays, we're very quick to pull each other back in. No, like this is the plan. Remember we talked about this. (laughs) We're staying on this path until we reach the goal. (laughs) And then we will set a new goal that is higher. (laughs) But it's, it's, it can get fun if you let it. And it doesn't always have to be an intimidating, like nerve wracking fight. It can become a fun conversation that like we're sitting in the car and this is just what we're talking about because this is exciting now and Mm -hmm. we're moving the notch. We're moving, moving forward together and seeing that happen and allowing your children to be a part of that movement is really, really, really exciting. Yeah. So we want, your marriage to be healthy. We want your marriage and your legacy that you're building to get to the next level. And so if this is one of the places that you're struggling, let let us encourage you that this is something that can be fixed and that can be changed. Have the conversation. Start talking tonight, tomorrow. Have the conversations and start moving forward. So, you know, we just, we encourage you guys to, to combine your finances. That's the, the root of this is, is that you can do way more together than you can do separate. And if you're committed and you're in it, why the hell not? Right. There's no reason not to, um, unless you're looking for a parachute. And in that case, that's a different conversation. So we, uh, are just here to tell you to fuck your excuses tonight. Jesus loves you. Yeah. Deuces guys. Have a good night.